welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Leonardo Francesco, and I'm joined as always by my grandpa Husker Dan from the beautiful city of Omaha. Uh, grandpa, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I, I just was thinking, we were chatting a little bit with uh, our guest, and uh, and we started this in January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have not really said publicly how much I've enjoyed working with you. It's it's not not too many grandpas get to interact with their grandkids in any kind of meaningful, you know, I mean, yeah, you and I have been close through the years, obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is a rare, it's a rare thing. And I'm really, really happy to be doing that. I, uh, you know, I wasn't sure how this thing was going to work out. And, uh, and I figured, well, it's not about me. It's not about anything, but it's about just, you know, you and I getting to talk about Husker football. And that's been, yeah. That's been really enjoyable. I really, really love that. So I salute you, grandson. <laughs> well, I'll return that to you, grandpa. And um, yeah, I mean, I like it was like we talk on the we'll talk on the phone and stuff like that about Nebraska football. And uh, it, this is just like we would do this anyway. So it's just awesome that we get to share this with you guys listening. Um, and we're just we're happy that you guys are listening as well to this. And this is it's super fun for us. So thank you so much for listening every week. And uh, it really means a lot. So. Um, we do have some, uh, well, we'll, we'll, I think we, we can find a better name for this, but what grandpa likes to call in our emails that he sends me is upfront news. Uh, and so we got five things we're going to touch on real quick. Uh, number one, probably something that we talked about this a little bit, Dylan Riola, uh, going to Ohio state, not committing to Nebraska, uh, four-star quarterback and, uh, or is he five-star or four-star? I think he's five-star. Yeah. Five-star. Yeah. So he's going to Ohio state. I feel like Nebraska didn't really have a big chance there, but uh, having Dominic be on the uh, being a former Husker great and uh, Donovan being uh, the O-line coach currently in Nebraska, you think that they would have an in there, um, but obvious, obviously Ohio state best team in the big 10, uh, one of top five, six teams in the country perennially. So it makes sense why he would go there. I don't, I'm not super surprised. Uh, I'm not, I'm a little yeah. bit disappointed, but I wasn't super hyped up about it in the first place. So yeah. Uh, what were, think, what were your think, thoughts on that? I think the chances of Nebraska getting Dylan to commit to, to the Huskers are maybe one in three, maybe a 30% chance, 33%. So um, well, when you have five consecutive losing seasons, that's, that's kind of, yeah, the, that doesn't help. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. But, and here's another thing. And I was talking with my Husker buddies here uh, a couple of days ago, you know, there's a, he's a 24 class of 24. He won't sign until December of 23. A lot yeah. can happen. A lot can happen to Ohio state. A lot can happen to Nebraska in that time. And with the transfer portal existing, who knows? I don't think yeah. you necessarily have to say this is a we're never going to see Dylan. Uh, it may be, and it's probably a really good chance that we won't, but I would not completely close the door on that issue. Yeah, no, me neither. I mean, as you said, transfer portal can change a lot. It has changed a lot for Nebraska this year uh, thus far, but the, I mean, it is Ohio State. So my guess is that unless they recruit someone who beats him out for the job, or for some reason he doesn't want to be there anymore, then he might enter a transfer portal. But sure. uh, we don't need to get too deep into that. That just no, was no. Um, something uh, lost. And then uh, another kind of loss slash disappointment for Nebraska, uh, but not 
not exactly not huge. Um, Dylan Mostak, a running back, he walks on it for Nebraska for track. So he's no longer on the football team because the uh, football team was no longer interested in him, um, like starting or getting significant playing time. So that's not super big. We talked about the running back room last week and it is really deep. So I get that. And I mean, if you're fast, go run track, if you're not going to play football. So. Yeah. I, uh, Dylan, uh, he, he, he just averaged just a mere 250 yards rushing a game, you know, it's class B Bennington, but I've been, I've been really high on this kid. I really like him and anybody who can, you know, and the defenses know that he's going to get the ball and they still can't stop him. That says a yeah. lot. Yeah. That does say a lot, especially in um, high school. In Nebraska just offered a scholarship to Carter Nelson. He's a kid out of Ainsworth, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a three-star or three-sport athlete. He starred in, in basketball, obviously football and, and track. He's 6'5", 205. Jeez. Tight end. Um, you know, so they have another uh, tight end from uh, uh, from Nebraska, Pierce, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he – so this, this is kind of nice because supposedly – you know, we're supposed to involve the the tight ends and the, more in the offense since Mark Whipple has been there. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, the Nebraska also pulled in, uh, I think now three uh, transfers uh, recently. Uh, defensive tackle from Alabama, Stephon Wynn. Well, he's um, we and, haven't, he hasn't. They're just pursuing him. He's, oh, he's, oh, 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 yeah. Okay, I read that one. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if you're pursuing someone from Alabama, that's good because Alabama cranks out like eight first round draft picks every year, it seems like. Uh, And then they also are pursuing uh, Kyan Williams. And uh, I forget the third guy's name uh, from Alabama, I believe, but I think there's only two of them that I'm aware of, but, uh, but. Oh, okay. 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 Maybe I, okay. I think I read that wrong, but um, yeah, the, if Nebraska gets Stephen Wynn, that would be huge because the defensive tackle uh, spot slash the defensive line uh, with um, all the transfers leaving from Nebraska and getting O'Shawn Mathis and um, uh, who did we get? The kid from Texas Tech. Uh, yeah, Drew. It was Drew. Uh, Devon yeah, yeah. Drew. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, th- Really bolstering that defensive line is going to help a lot. And if you get someone from Alabama, as I said, that's a big plus. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then as we speak, uh, we're, this is being recorded on Saturday afternoon in, in Omaha and, uh, well, in Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, yeah. But the uh, Husker uh, softball team is playing Michigan for the conference championship. And uh, probably close to the time that we end this uh, podcast, the game will might be over by then. I don't know, but uh, go Huskers. Yeah, it's one one right now, I believe. Um, so, it, bottom of the seventh, and oh, do wow. um, does it go nine innings? Is that right for softball? I think they do. It? I think yeah. And in a championship okay. game, they got to go till whoever wins. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely we'll give some updates on that if we get anything from that. But uh, I have the. Husker softball Twitter page pulled up, but um, other than that, yeah, I don't think that there's a lot else we need to talk about uh, before we introduce our guests. So, yeah, uh, we, I'm really excited. We have Bill Williams. He's uh, vice president of patriotic productions and I've known Bill maybe 10 years, something like that. 
Um, he and I met uh, for lunch one day and we found that we had a lot in common. And obviously with my involvement in Husker Fan Salute the Troops and his involvement with the veterans, uh, it was, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lock there. Uh, so we want to welcome Bill Williams, and I, I, I love this guy. There, there's, when he dies, we all have to go. There'll be a soft spot in heaven for this guy because he does <laughs> amazing things. And I, and he is, he's, he's. I don't know. I'm, I, if you ever run for office, Bill, I'm voting for you. I don't care what party, <laughs> I don't care what, <laughs> what whatever it is. I'll tell you something, Dan. I've, I've been asked that before, but. My answer is I couldn't pass the background check. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to uh, what is their name? Uh, how about them Huskers? There we go. <laughs> We're really excited. We, I mean, we started off. Uh, we had Jordan Wester, Westerkamp. We had some, you know, football players in there. We had a sports writer, Mike Babcock, uh, David Max, who runs a site for Husker Athletics, and now we got Bill Williams and a little. A little different from what we usually do, but uh, um, he has a big weekend. What we're going to we're going to talk about that coming up over Memorial Day. But but um, and, and, you know, just welcome again. Uh, um, the uh, I have to I have to say the first event that I saw of Bill and Yvonne Williams was the thing at uh, Millard West. Bill, you remember that? Uh, we had the Remembering Our Fallen exhibit for Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. But that was that was it was one of the emo more emotion most emotional events I've ever seen, and you it was it was amazing. My jaw dropped. It was it was just amazing. How how did how did Millard West get to be, you know, the the high school to do well, that? Well, how this started was about a dozen years ago. Uh, the Omaha World Herald did a story about a father who lost his son in Iraq in 2006 and his concern that he would be forgotten. So Yvonne and I read the story, came up with the idea to create an exhibit of the pictures of Nebraska's fallen, Iraq, Afghanistan. Didn't want it to sit in a museum somewhere. I wanted it to travel from town to town. So proud to say until COVID hit, that very first exhibit that we created had been booked every week, not a week off since January 2nd of 2011. Wow. Wow. My goal was never have it sit in the garage and it's traveled all over the state. It's been seen by thousands. So from that point on, uh, then Yvonne and I quit our jobs, formed Patriotic Productions. And the original idea plan was to create a state specific one uh, for every state. So we did 19 of them and, uh, you know, the Nebraska one, the Iowa one, the Kansas one, the Alabama one, the South Carolina are all the same size, 40 feet long. Uh, but when we hit the states with the large losses, like California has lost the most, they've lost 710 wow. native wow. sons and daughters in Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, the ones I just described are 40 feet long. California's is 240 feet long. Wow. Texas wow. lost 200. It's 200 feet long. New York's big. Florida's big. So the problem we were having was we, it was difficult to find indoor space because they can't appear outside. They're too lightweight. They're pop-up frames. So that's when we changed our focus to creating a national memorial. 
And that's what we call the Remembering Our Fallen Tribute Towers. So there's 34 towers, 10 foot tall. They're based on the basketball hoop in the driveway in that once these 34 towers set up in a uh, location outside, a fire truck pulls up, fills the bases with water, which gives them the stability uh, to be able to take the wind. So those 34 towers, we also have separate towers for suicide and training accidents. And they contain photos of 5,300 of the fallen wow. Wow. in the war on terror since 9-11. It's the only memorial like it in the country. People are always familiar with the Vietnam walls that travel right. there's mm -hmm. them. But the difference is this is current and it's pictures. Yeah. So, yeah, we asked the family for a military photo and then we asked them for their favorite personal picture, which is the heartbreaking part. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly with the Marines who are straight ahead unsmiling. Uh, but then the inset is him holding his own child or him at the county fair. Right. So, yeah. yeah. You know, so that's, that's you know, one of the things that speaking of the Millard West uh, display there, Yvonne, she said, well, you got to see they, they're remembering our falling, fallen uh, display. So she told me to go into this room and I thought it's going to be high school kids. I'm going to hear snickering. I'm going to hear people you know, not showing the, the respect that they should for our fallen veterans. And you could have heard a pin drop in there, Bill. It was nobody. I mean, they they went through the, the, the photographs. They read who the people were. And I was I was blown away by that. It's it's like, yes, you know, <laughs> the next yeah. generation is uh, is is into this thing. So I, you have no idea how many people you touch from what you've done. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I, I'm, I'm blown away by that. Well, the biggest fear, of course, for Gold Star families is that they're going to be forgotten. So that's right. what our mission is, that they won't be. And, then, and we unveiled the National at the Lincoln Memorial in 17. And just a few of the highlights across the country, everywhere from New York City, Veterans Day week, to Pasadena twice for Rose Bowl week, outside football stadiums, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Nebraska, Kansas, uh, New England Patriots, Army, Navy, Philadelphia, Armed Forces Bowl, uh, Wrigley Field, thanks to Governor wow. Ricketts. Wow. Uh, yeah, Sturgis, uh, the Pentagon, Marine Corps Museum, on and on we go. So now we have two versions, both exactly the same. They travel on 45-foot trailers uh wrap trailers one west of the mississippi one east of the mississippi so let's we consider it a gift from nebraska to the nation this opportunity for people to honor the fallen who stepped up to and paid the ultimate in the war on terror so yeah and I, so i i think i was in tampa florida in 2018 or something and so we had um, I, or I had been at a salute event three years ago, the, the Husker salute, the troops thing, um, that, uh, grandpa helps run and you, you guys had been there for that. And so we got to look at that, uh, then and help set that up, I believe, um, at the hotel that we were at. And then like yeah. three years later, we were in Tampa, um, and outside the airport, it was there too. And it was just like, it's just so like, I don't know if cool is the right word to describe it, but it's just like a really neat things oh, that you guys are doing yeah 
state specific Florida exhibit in the terminal? I believe so. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I don't remember enough to be for sure. It definitely wasn't big enough to be the national one. Um, so my guess is it had to be the Florida one, but so um, it, it's just really, really cool. That you guys are doing that. And um, so you were talking about like having it outside of the Rose Bowl and stuff like that. Um, and since like we are a sports podcast, what, like, why did you decide to do it outside? Like, the college sporting events like was it just that there are lots of people or is, do you think that there's a like special connection between um like well, it's, it's it's generally of course a, a patriotic crowd and so it's it's a little uh sometimes it's good sometimes not so good because they're not really thinking obviously about the fallen so if it's set up uh near a stadium uh, you know, people don't have a lot of time to to wander through and look at the pictures. Yeah. Uh, outside of the New England Patriots was good because Robert Kraft, the owner, mm. stood beside the towers and did a did a stand up uh, PSA about them, which was really well done. And uh, so we really appreciated that. But, uh, you know, it's 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 a crowd that that uh, is interested in in patriotism and America and, and the fallen. Uh, so we, that's why we, we take a look at football games and see if there might be some interest in it. So. Can you talk a little bit about, not a little bit, as much as you want about the honor flights? Yeah. Yvonne and I read a story uh, that was back in 2007 about honor flights and thought, well, why not Nebraska? So we ended up doing 13 flights for 3,500 Nebraska veterans to go to Washington, D.C. to see their memorials. There were seven World War II flights to Korea, to Vietnam, an all-female flight, which was unique. We had female pilots, female flight attendants. All the veterans on board were female. The oldest was 98, the youngest 27-year-old uh, oh, uh, wow. Iraq veteran, the oldest, obviously, World War II. Uh, all the flight attendants were um, were female. The media on board was female. The sign over the door said, no boys allowed. <laughs> Our special guest on the at the dinner and at the uh, on the flight was Loretta Swit. And folks of a certain generation remember her as Hot Lips Houlihan oh, yeah. on the TV series MASH. And so... Uh, yeah, that was the female flight. Our final one was three years ago, was Purple Heart recipients, Iraq, Afghanistan. And we also took the young widows and the minor children of the fallen Iraq and Afghanistan. So people often ask us, what were your favorites? Well, that's difficult to say which flights were our favorite, but the most therapeutic, no doubt, were the Vietnam flights. The first one was three planes, designated red, white, and blue, 510 all combat veterans wow. from Nebraska. Wow. It was the largest group of Vietnam vets from one state to ever visit the wall. And when we got back to Epley that night, there were 5,000 people at the airport. Uh, we followed that up on May 1st of 17 with four planes designated red, white, blue, and Uncle Sam too. 653 <laughs> Nebraska veterans of Vietnam. And those planes we had depart from Omaha, but land in Lincoln so folks down there could show their appreciation. 
and there were 7,000 people at the airport. So one example, we had a, a veteran who was heavy combat come to our house a few months after his flight. And he says, I want to tell you something. I've had nightmares for 45 years, sleeping two, three hours a night ever since we got back and all those people at the airport and the flags and my family there and the band playing. He said, I sleep eight hours a night. Now I wake up refreshed. I'm a new man. Wow. So this That's happens awesome. you know, quite often that we get stopped and the effect those uh, homecomings had on the Vietnam vets. Good for them. Did um, when you, organize that many people and that many you know this is a major thing this isn't taking a bus to council bluffs you know this is this is a major major uh, event there had to be some snags along the way any stories you have that uh, that were that sent you well, i guess you could call it a snag on our second world war ii flight we had a man die on the plane oh so, no his name uh, was Don Dragu, and he was from Crete, Nebraska. Don oh. was supposed to go on our first flight, but he got sick, so we moved him to the second. And we we didn't take family members because that's the seat right. a veteran should be sitting in. A lot of a lot of times, family members want to go with dad. Well, I would say, which veteran do I say can't go so you can go? And that usually mm -hmm. took care of it. Anyway, Don was so sick. Uh, his daughter's an RN. We said, Cindy, you better go with him. Well, Don had COPD, heart disease, full-time, uh, 93. So he gets his picture taken. That second flight was out of Lincoln. He, and it was at the stadium club. Yeah. Well, he got the pre-flight dinner. So he got his picture taken with Governor Heineman and Coach Osborne. And uh, next morning, we're off to D.C. It was July 7th of 08. It was 100 degrees. It was brutally hot in D.C., He's having a great time. We're on the way home. Yvonne always puts the sickest guys up front. So he's sitting next to Cindy. We're 20 minutes out of the Lincoln airport. And he turns to Cindy and said, this has been wonderful spending this day together. And Cindy said, oh, dad, are you okay? He smiled down, Don. Wow. So one of the physicians on board took his concentrator off of him put the oxygen mask on him right it looked like he was treating him because what what's the option right announce right. that just right. ignore the guy in in, in a day so we land in lincoln flashing lights on the runway because the pilots had radioed ahead medical emergency yeah. Plus the families are all up against the glass watching paramedics came on took the body off didn't take him out the jetway fortunately lowered him down the side First veteran <clears throat> walked out in front of everybody, said, one of the fellows just died on the plane. I guess he thought he was Paul Revere. <laughs> <laughs> we have radio, television, newspaper on board. They all gathered around and said, what are you going to do? So I went ahead and announced who he was, that he died about 1135. Uh, a few hours later, I get a call from the Associated Press. Reporter said, what are you going to do to change your criteria on who gets to go so this doesn't happen again. I laughed. I said, are you kidding me? If we only take the healthy ones, <clears throat> we can take those two guys in <laughs> 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 a taxi cab and drive them out there because they all had something wrong with them. Yeah. So we had a guy collapse in line that morning at the Lincoln Airport, rushed to the hospital for a pacemaker. 
he was the only guy on the plane who was on no medicine, none. Some guys had a sheet this long. Yeah. <clears throat> but he got his pacemaker and he went on the next flight. And uh, uh, he died a few years back. We walked up to his casket with his children and he was dressed in his honor flight shirt. Wow. And so I would guess about, we've been to scores of funerals. And about 20% of the time, they're they're wearing their honor flight shirt. So it tells you what it meant wow. to them. That's a great story. That's great, Bill. Yeah. Um, and like, as you're, as you're talking about, it's meant a lot to these guys. And I assume that when you get to the memorials in Washington, D.C., it's really emotional for them to just like re- remember all that kind of stuff and like see all the um, the names of uh, all the people they fought with or um, were, were around. Um, during their war but uh, what have I assume you've had a lot of veterans like contact you about this stuff and like um what is it what has it meant to them like what have they said to you about what you've been doing well I mean with the world war ii guys that's that was the problem because it took so many years for the World War II memorial to be completed that most of these guys were at an age where they couldn't make that trip on their own. Now, a lot of Vietnam guys have been to the Vietnam Wall, but the therapeutic value of it is they go as a group who have had a shared experience. So the World War II guys were just so thrilled to get to go. And we had physicians and plenty of helpers and that kind of thing. And uh, sometimes they were hesitant to, to do it. They would say, I've got this and that health problem. And they would show up and there'd be a guy that uh, was missing one leg or two legs. And he was going, he was, he was making his way up the ladder. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was just a great experience for them. And, and, uh, particularly for the Korea guys, even they're all the little brothers of the younger brothers of the world war two guys never had the attention they deserve. And so to have people at the airport cheer on the return for the Korea guys was, that was an emotional scene because they just didn't expect it. Well, that was the forgotten war. Yeah. yeah, Forgotten in quotes. Yeah. They were, um, yeah, they were, I still see them. I spoke to their group the other day, the Korea war association, they're going to be in our upcoming parade. And they were just so appreciative. And that was back in, Gosh, I don't know. That was 10 years ago, practically. So. Wow. Speaking of the Memorial Day weekend, you have that coming up. Can you tell our listeners uh, kind of what to expect and where to, where the, the, all this is going to happen? Yeah, it's downtown Omaha in the old market. We decided to do it last year. As we all noticed, most of the national media narrative about America is negative. Yep. And uh, the vast vast majority of us live in realville well in realville <laughs> that that's not true that most of us realize how lucky we are to be americans uh the dismaying part is young people get the message that it's a horrible country you can't make it uh and so we just need to pass the message to our children and grandchildren how lucky they are to be americans if they don't believe it then take a sabbatical to uh North Korea, spend the weekend, try Somalia. How about uh, how about Afghanistan this time of year? Wonderful. So that's that's the idea. Last year we had the Budweiser Clydesdales. We had Lee Greenwood. We had 200 Gold Star family members from 10 states lead the 
leave the parade behind a Purple Heart inflatable. So that's going to happen again with our Gold Star families leading the parade. We have a balloon glow added to Friday night, May 27th at Memorial Park. Never been allowed before. We have eight balloons, including the world's largest American flag hot air balloon out of Pennsylvania, seven stories high. No wow. way. That's crazy. No way. How do you, you have to get a permit for that, don't you? Oh, and, and a check for 10000 yeah. <laughs> Wow. So uh, it's going to float over Omaha that morning as promotion. Oh, awesome. So I have this vision of people pointing at the sky saying, let's go ask the wizard. He'll know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that happens on the 27th. And then we're going to have performances at uh, Memorial Park by the Fort Riley Mounted Patrol. And from D.C., the United States Army's Old Guard uh, Fife and Drum Corps called the president's band and uh so they need a drummer by any chance bill <clears throat> well you're the fill-in so there you go <laughs> <laughs> better, better that. that's my life story i'm a fill-in for somebody there you go <laughs> saturday morning is the parade 10 o'clock in the old market followed by a program and that's and in that's in omaha where this thing goes our yeah, podcast is all over the world and then uh, to try to attract young families, because we realize that thousands of kids are gonna be kicking a soccer ball or swinging a T-ball. Uh, we want parents and grandparents to step in this one Saturday and say, this might be a, a time to not kick a ball, maybe, uh, maybe stand on a curb and wave a flag. So uh, to attract families, we're giving away a thousand pancakes a thousand Chick-fil-A sandwiches, a thousand Hy-Vee hot dogs and apple pies and a thousand slices of pizza and a thousand of a uh, thousand cups of Coca-Cola. So if wow. that doesn't attract, <laughs> I'm driving right now. <laughs> nothing else I can do. Well, there's nothing. I can do. So um, that's, that's just to me. I, I sit here and my jaw drops and, I should be I should be accustomed to this because I've I've known this guy for a lot of a lot of years, Will, and uh, and nothing nothing should surprise anybody because whatever Bill does is going to be done at the highest best level. Uh, it is it's just amazing. If uh, if people wanted to donate to Patriotic Productions, what would they do? They could go to our website, which is Patriotic productions, plural, patrioticproductions.org. And that would be very nice, but you can also go there and look over some of the things that we do and, and some detail that I may have missed. And uh, yeah, we just want folks to, to uh, if they happen to be in Omaha for Memorial Day weekend, well, that would be a wonderful time to stand on the curb and clap as our heroes walk by. Amen. Um, you're a 501c3 organization and all all donations are tax deductible. Um, I think it's awesome. Whatever. I mean, you just, you just uh, continue to amaze me and, and I salute you and sainthood, I think might be, the, may, maybe not present, but maybe sainthood will, 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 uh, 
You have to ask Yvonne about that, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear her laughing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Will, I don't know if you have any more questions. I know. No, Bill I don't have anything. I, yeah, I think that this is just like, I, I know that like most people when they tune into our podcast are expecting us to talk about sports, but some things are more important than sports. And this has just been uh, absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Mr. Williams. This has just been guys, uh, a blessing. You guys are very good. You're a great team. So I appreciate you putting me on. Thanks. We love it. We'll do it again maybe this time next year. Who knows what you're going to be doing? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Bill, thanks cool. so much. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's all we have for this week. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, wide receivers and tight ends, maybe. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll talk with Grandpa about that. But other than that, um, yeah, thank you guys again for listening. And uh, if you have any questions for us, email those into wrswpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, remember to hit that download button. And uh, as we always say, uh, if you guys don't listen, we don't have a show. So this is your guys' show, not ours. Uh, thank you again so much for listening. And uh, you got to tell yeah. them to, to uh, tell their enemies or friends. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I was getting that. <laughs> yeah, so make sure. Tell, tell, tell uh, people you walk by on the street. Uh, tell people uh, that you should just like, uh, uh, who, who, we just pick a random fast food. Let's say McDonald's. And uh, we'll just go randomly to McDonald's and you have a huge boom box and be playing the podcast. And then when you get kicked out, you can explain that you're listening to uh, the greatest uh, Nebraska sports podcast. And let's be uh, got to be called. How about them Huskers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So we will be back next week with uh, wide receivers and tight ends. Um, and yeah, uh, go big red and God bless America.